Welcome to X of Words, a new podcast for the new status quo, created for and by X Twitter. Every episode, a new guest picks a new question for a shotgun quick listen chat. One question, two voices, 10 minutes. Hello, hello everybody. Yeah, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whether you're in the car, the bath, your mom's house, you know, struggling. Absolutely. <laughs> with your thriving. But don't say absolutely, I'm struggling. <laughs> You're like struggling? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Welcome to another episode of X of Words. You know what this is. This is the place for 10 minutes of mutant bullshit. Yeah, I got my good, I got my good Judy's here with me. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and we're going to show, hello, hello, Caleb. It's the original Caleb. Hello, hello, hello. So excited to be here. OG Caleb. There we go. AKA Unimpressed Fave. That's U-N-I-M-P-R-E-S-S-E-D-F-A-V-E. Oh my God, you spelled it out. <laughs> You've never spelled out. Oh. I've really made it, everyone. I've really made it. We are actually friends in real life. Not the Okay, team. sorry. I'm, I'm getting misty-eyed. Um, I'd like to thank my mom and God. Sorry. If you don't get the fuck out of here, like with this Viola Davis shit, what the fuck is this? Oh, my snot bubbles. Hold on. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Um. So again, Caleb. Caleb, listen. His toxic trait, right? His supervillain origin is that he comes on podcasts and does fucking hand movements. None of you can see this. I He's do. giving you all this content that you can't see. Subscribe Wait. to the Patreon to hear the wind of my hands moving. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, okay, so you've met Caleb. You've, you know who I am. Um, today we are going to talk about whether the Iraqi are black. And you can oh, probably yeah. guess where we're going to go with this. But that's the question for today. So a little bit of background for you. The Iraqi, or Iraqi, or however you want to say it, are a group of ancient mutants. Yeah? Real back in the day. They have been fighting back the Amenthi horde that would have taken over Earth long ago. They have been the cork in the bottle of bullshit for the entire universe. And they they are not here for your hateration and your holleration. Like, they are not here for your bullshit. Iska and them don't want to fucking hear it. They're ready to beef you at any given time, 9 a.m. in the morning. Like, you don't care, like, whether you finish cornflakes, one shoot off. Yeah, they're snatching your shit all the way to the back. Absolutely. Come outside. They are going to jump you. <laughs> and we love that. We love, yeah, we that, love that. We love it. <laughs> um, but also, you know, not to say that. Let me not even get into the episode now. Essentially, they've been doing that for a long time, right? Um, and... A lot of them have kind of been black coded in different ways. So we'll get yep. into why in the episode, but that's it. There's your context, that's the background. So, given that, I am going to hit our timer and our X starts now. All right. No, actually, you have to make a sound, Caleb. Oh, pew, 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 pew. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, a uh, little bit on why we think the Araki are uh, black-coded. Number one, um, it's 
uh, it's kind of wholly led by Iska, uh, Genesis, and yep. uh, and the Horsemen, and, and Apocalypse, and the Horsemen, mm-hmm. right? Legendary mm-hmm. Black Family. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do what do you think? What do you think? Completely agree. Um, and I think the reason why I've been so stuck on I've been on that ship of the Iraqi are black um, or brown um, people is because that initial design, as you said, that came out um, of Iska, the horseman apocalypse, it was all very, very much centered in the design of not just Egypt, but the continent itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were like all these awesome threads people were making of all the different influences that they saw in the costuming. So I think they did a good job of centering this family and almost took it as a win of like, we're finally doing something right by, you know, Black fans, Black characters. We're introducing all of these dope-ass Black characters into the text. Yeah. Um, but I think where they messed up and where a lot of people mess up depicting Egypt in particular in, you know, media is that they assumed it was a one and done. We launched these dope African designs and now we can make a Rocky look like anyone depending on who the artist is. But at that point, you've opened up Pandora's box. Black fans had latched on not only to these characters, but the concept of Araco at that point. So we're all seeing all of these people as other Negroes. Can I say Negroes? Yes, yes. So now when we see someone who's not Black coded, it's very jarring to Black fans in particular because we thought we found an island that we could root for that, you know, was filled with people that looked like us and did this tremendous thing in the narrative. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what's frustrating um, about how it seems like they're trying to roll back that kind of initial launch. Um and make it an all lives, all people type of thing when it wasn't pitched that way. I know, I know, and I totally agree with you. And I feel like um, number one, the costuming influences the way the way that this is an ancient society, right? That came from Africa and the Middle East, and that kind of placed it in a thing. The fact that way way back in the day when they had to come up with a big bad, yeah, they made apocalypse. Yeah, they they. And I, I was I was so happy about it because what started out was bullshit now got retried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. when you needed a big bad guy that nobody liked back in the that back in the sixties. Yeah, you you said he was from Egypt and you clad him in all this old school sort of Middle East and African stuff. So all the Absolutely. white kids, all the middle school white kids in the sixties would go boo enemy. And now, and uh-uh, you don't get to reclaim that for for Timmy and them now right. because it's cool. You don't. Yep. No, if like if he was black and and his his progeny was black and his nation was black and Middle Eastern, keep it like that. Once you move Absolutely. it, once you move that place and those characters into a cent into a, a moral center, suddenly and that's why starts to yeah. Yep. Why not balance the scales out a bit? Because I can lift you eight. I can list you eight thousand Caucasian mutants, and maybe maybe this is a limitation. Me, maybe this is something I need to look at. But I was like. I saw Idil the other day, and I was like, Idil didn't read as black to me. Even though she got like, she got cornrows on top of her head, she got a mm-hmm, mask. Mm-hmm. She looked like she'd been wearing a mask for like 6,000 years. <laughs> she does. She does. Or like MCU Cree or whatever. They have that like look purple thing. Oh, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, Nebula or something. 
Yeah, but I'm ready to claim That's all of a them. different podcast. <laughs> I'm ready to claim all of them. Like Sobina. I am too. So I, I want to dap up Sobina. I do. I He's like a ten foot salamander. His whole fist is your face. <laughs> Just like uh, my, <laughs> this, uh, my mind, my mind is not changed. I love him. I love him. But I bought it. That came from your chest. That came from like the heart. I do, I do. Well, because at first I was very terrified by the idea of Sobinar, and this is getting briefly off topic. But since then, I've realized that he's everything I like about Namer with none of the stuff that I don't like. So now I enjoy him quite a bit. <laughs> perfection. Absolute perfection. That's the best thing I've had all week. That's the best thing I've had all fucking week. Mm-mm. I understand. You're right. Um, yeah, right. he's got all the he's got all the bluster and the fun and like the tanky stuff, but without the weird other stuff, the subtext mm-hmm. and all of that. But yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I feel like it feels a bit disingenuous, to be frank, of starting with these designs that were very African centered. I'm sure someone on the team saw the discourse after those first designs dropped of like all of us just being like, hell yeah, we're finally getting some black ass mutants. And it hasn't stopped. Anytime Morocco does anything, we're like, yes, black people. It is a bit. And especially since even the way that the the X-Men team related to them, even the way that sort of this very white set of mutants that we've all grown up and become accustomed to, the way they reacted to them black coded them even more for me because yeah. then they took it upon themselves to be their police force mm-hmm. like, oh you know we need to be watching out for the iraqi oh they're so aggressive they're so violent Iraqo suffered so we could build a foundation and right. i think it's very true of blackness as well yeah i agree the reason the reason that you can sit pretty and deny that any of this has anything to do with structural or systemic racism is because my family sacrificed three generations <laughs> to bear the brunt of it. Yeah, them actually placing them on a planet, right? And it was it wasn't like we've established ourselves as your your like rulers or your right. police force. It was no, no, no. You are equals, and so we are putting you on the stage that you deserve. Yeah, to keep doing what you do best. Yeah, protecting all of us. And uh, and. Yeah, but even there, even then, there wasn't that there wasn't that expectation of service. Mm. I liked it was like, no, this is your planet. Because the thing is, it, I was wondering how they were going to do this. Like, they were like, could you integrate? After the whole book has been about um, community, and sometimes how community and protection necessitates separation. So I was like, right. you were trying to live on an island with all these people, who and they didn't. They were like, no, no, you get your planet, and I'm sure that's great because the Iraqo mutants will probably look at these and be like, who are these seven year old <laughs> these babies? <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick of these 12-year-olds. Because <laughs> that's how I feel, so I can only imagine. I'm just interested to see where they take it. Because I feel there is... I talk a lot just in my everyday life about how sometimes white creators have this cap on their imagination of what's yeah. new and different and special. What equity means. What representation means. Because it's still all filtered through this white-centered gaze right so part of me worries even still that they won't take it as far as it can go because of the lack of imagination and i don't mean that in a 
they don't have creative ideas. Obviously, these are creative people creating worlds that many people can never imagine, but they're all still being filtered through this white point of view because many people have said, we as the marginalized, we as Black people have to train ourselves to see ourselves in any character. You know, I can look at Jean Grey, who is the exact opposite of me in almost any way, and be like, I love that she has strength of spirit. I have strength of will too. Yeah, I relate to her. White people don't have to flex that same muscle because there is a character on TV that's exactly like them. So that's what I mean by cap on imagination. There always has to be this white point of view because how do I imagine a world without me at the center? Yeah. Um, so I still worry about the future <laughs> of Araka. Of, of course. I, th- I think it, um, and I think you said this as well when we were talking that you want a book. I want I want an Arako book and I want it to accept, For sure. I want it to accept that the X-Men weren't uh sorry, not the X-Men, but Krakoa and Earth Mutants were not the beginning of time for the Arako people. They had their own culture, they had their own history, their own way of doing things. And I'd love Absolutely. to dive into that and see um a people that are bought into that have been bought into a new space rather than it being like viewed as this big favor it wasn't it was that was, right that was restitutions that felt like mm-hmm. reparations that absolutely like reparations to me that, was, that wasn't a favor that you did that's you balancing the books right um and i'd love to do that but I'd love to see. I, I, it it seems primed and ready to go but yeah, part of me worries that that book will just become Krakoa, but it's red, and they're they fight more. Um, yeah. So I hope that they would put a black or brown creator on that book. I would hope that it would center. Okay, what does a world look like for mutants where none of that systemic shit from Earth yeah. comes into play? Yes. Like, what does that look like? Oh, oh my God, you do, you made me think because. Just to talk about like the limit of white imagination when it comes to telling minority stories is I think a lot of, I realized very early on that if I wanted to get an active, uh, comprehensive understanding and appreciation of even my own cultural background, I had to do it myself on my yeah. own channels. Because realistically, the only thing white schools, universities, classic rhetoric politics the media the only thing they really teach you is that the chief thing is oppression yep you are suffering the thing Mm -hmm. that binds you and the thing that is central to your identity and your sense of self is suffering and so what i would love to see is how a set of black and brown creators could start to flesh out a world where they haven't ever been subject to anti-mutant yeah oppression or racism or like none of these yeah. things have been like that to me and that is when you start moving into like minority wish fulfillment because i think a lot of white writers are very apt or able to replicate systems of oppression that they're familiar with or being taught absolutely about. very few of them are able and comfortable with imagining what's beyond that or outside of it or what happens if you take it away because suddenly then what do you actually know about these people? That that yep. in order to do it, in order to strip back oppression, you then have to know about culture, about history, about music, about the way people interact, the value systems of these people that you're talking about. Absolutely. And I think a lot of white writers don't have that deep knowledge. Part yeah. Of, oh my God, racism is bad. 
yeah, because it's a bit it's a bit Afrofuturist in that way, where it's like if you're not of the community or willing to engage in that way, how could you imagine mm. what Iska thinks outside of oh my god, Sentinels are outside my door for the 80th time? I don't think they can even get into the mind of Genesis or Iska or Apocalypse in that way beyond life sucks. We've saved the day. We made it better. Let's go do it again, guys. Mm. <laughs> you know? Because instead of sending Apocalypse and Genesis into the ether to assumedly come back in a big climax at some point, why not have them censor a book where we get to see this character that you've done so great humanizing Apocalypse, I mean? Oh, yeah. Why don't we get to see more of his interior thoughts and feelings and now that he's finally won? Mm. And I think a lot of that is because how does a white writer imagine what this ancient immortal black guy thinks about life now that he's won the battle he's been fighting for millennia? Like, yeah, I, as a black person, <laughs> struggle to think about what his future would be. Um, and you've got, you, we, I, I think we've got a position that they don't, we can mind our families, our communities, the things that we know that the cultures and the knowledge and the background that we're immersed in help inform. Absolutely. Them. I can ask my elders, what would yeah, it mean yes. to win? If all of this bullshit was over and we won the day, what would you do first? What would be the first thing that you would want? Like, yeah, it's our, it's our world. And that's part of, that's part of why I'm kind of so not upset, upset, that's not the word because you kind of expect these things, but disappointed that it seemed like it was going to be such a big push to investigate how we as Black readers and we as the Black community have contributed to the X-Men franchise, the X-Men as a concept. Where is our seat at the table? And I felt like Araka was going to be that. And I'm still not sure if that's our, our seat at the table. Because right now, and I mean, we, I've talked about the sort of X Factor 10 thing, but this... Uh, on a meta sense, seemed to be the Krakoans have done good. They did, but mm-hmm. they did right by the. Iraq. We haven't actually really focused on the Iraqi on the Iraqi too much. But yeah, it's all it, their connection to Krakoa. Yeah, it's how Krakoa has done good, and we say, "Oh yeah, Krakoa mm-hmm. gave them their planet. Oh, it's great." And it's very sort of, um, it was done well, but we mm-hmm. know who the center of the story is. We know who the focus is on, and I think there's huge potential in us fly in, in us actually turning on a different spotlight on a different type of mutant and a different type of background but they'd need a different type of writer to do it absolutely okay so what you're saying is so banar solo incoming <laughs> <laughs> not that is what stumped us in this whole <laughs> <laughs> like i was i was so desperately trying to come up with a sentence i was like i had nothing like <laughs> you really finished me like I was confused, like, so, so, and I was like, well, I guess, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I would want him to be the, the launching point, for sure. Yeah, no, if anybody, all right. Someone more African looking. If anybody gets a solo, I want it to be Iskar or Genesis. Mm. That's it. Like, how, how the fuck are you going to introduce the ancient, immortal, black Omega sisters? And not have them, give them a book together. And, and we're still reading about Cable. It wrote itself. The book wrote itself. It could have been a prequel, a sequel, uh, all types of things. I what? don't care. I don't care. Like, sh- show me whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, those those two those two for me. Sobinar can come in, like jump in the pool, do his little thing, you know, 
I do need a giant size Sogunar where he goes and fights near Namer with Namer. I just feel like their back and forth would be hilarious. I feel like Namer would be humbled very quickly by meeting Sogunar, and I cannot wait to see it. Mostly because Sobinar would not speak to him. <laughs> <laughs> Namer would be talking to him like, who? <laughs> <laughs> she said what? And actually, Earth Oceans? Horrid. Yeah. It's all about the Earth Oceans. Thank you. Oh, what, stepping in the water going, mm, child, the ghetto. <laughs> what is this, honey? A white refrigerator. white refrigerator. <laughs> With his little webbed feet. <laughs> Oh, no, girl, get your shoes on. Let's go find you a home. The Pacific. <laughs> what, did you, what did you call this again? This is the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. <laughs> Let me get back to a gate, child. I need to get back to where I come from. <laughs> Fully, this is him after living in a hell dimension for decades, presumably. <laughs> He's like, this is still worse than a myth. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine Sobhanar swimming past plastic and, <laughs> and trolleys? And is like, that a Coke bottle? <laughs> what you got going on over here? <laughs> you just, so they throw their rubbish into your home. Yes. And, and they're still living up there. And yeah. you have it decimated it? Oh, okay. Wait, this water didn't come from your own bloodstream? <laughs> wow. Could it be me? <laughs> Someone walking through the gate like, if you like it, I love it. <laughs> yeah. You call this a home? <laughs> I, I ain't coming back here no more. <laughs> Let us write the solo, please. <laughs> one shot. We just need a one shot. That's it. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to close out this long-ass episode than this. <laughs> I don't know why I even turned on that fucking timer, man. <laughs> I know it went off, but we were like, <laughs> so like I was saying, um, <laughs> Mars. <laughs> oh dear! All right, thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much for spending of the course. time. It is always a joy, a blessing, a pleasure to speak with you, Caleb. Oh, same here. Uh, yeah. So that's been it. I've been Ashley. Thank you for listening to us. And I've been Caleb. I got it right this time. Did you? Oh, and this has been extra words. I got it right now. <laughs> Fool. <laughs> you stunted way too early. like. And I'm staring at you like, when is he going to say, and this has been extra words? Like, he's missing his cue. I'm on point. <laughs> it, was, it was just your name. Like, why did you celebrate yourself for saying your own name? <laughs> well, because last time I didn't even get there. Oh, we just got <laughs> Someone that choke, someone I feel inside.